0: Yep. give me a nod you when you're them, ready. Shooter's like, ready, stand by.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of 3GIQ. I'm Frank Gow, joined by my co-host, Matt Gunlock. And today we have Staff Sergeant Andrew Dow. Uh, he's coming to us from Marine Corps Cyberspace Operations Battalion out there in Fort Meade. He is a defensive cyberspace operator. Recently competed at National Capital Region um, Marine Corps Marksmanship Competition. It's the first that they are going to do. They're eventually going to move to all the other installations and all the other MEFs. Uh, Andrew is also, he's from Stratford, New Hampshire. So we want to bring him on today and talk about his experience at NCR. They also did their first night match. So we're going to talk about some of those details, talk about how he shot. And, um, in general, we, uh, want, want to focus on the conversation today about how you approach a make make mentally in terms of strategy, because that's something you and I talked about when I was there, Andrew. So thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah. I've been listening and watching your your uh, your videos on the podcast and all that. So,
2: it's been cool. I appreciate it. It's yeah, a, it, it's definitely a passion project that we kind of take seriously to an extent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll get this started. So, um, you know, how did you get where did when did you start competing? How did you hear about it? Um, and what was your first introduction into it?
0: Uh, so the first time I'd actually heard about it was probably around 2015, 2016, my first unit, they were putting together a command team to shoot out at Pendleton or it might've been 29 palms that year. Um, I wasn't able to get on the team. I I'd get set to, I think ITX or something like that. Um, but I, since then I kind of had an interest in it and tried o- over the years to get on it. And every single year we were, you know, just too busy for some, whatever reason it was. So I wasn't able to go. So last year was my first, my first actual Mick Mick. I had done a, uh, civilian marksmanship program like intro to eic match it was just oh. a yeah very <laughs> very oh. very quick match it was uh i think it was like 200 yards only iron sights, national service rifle match or whatever so i mean it's kind of cool just to kind of see what it's all about but it, it, it really just felt like table one on, on the Marine corps range so it wasn't that's, uh that's all it is <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i mean it wasn't it wasn't bad it's was kind of cool just to get some experience from some of the civilian distinguished marksmen. but um yeah, so last year would have been my first mick Mick-Mick, and that's kind of what got me, you know, got me into competing. So
2: no, so uh you know, so last year was your first first year. I and you know, so can you describe how you heard about the Marine Corps shooting team and the Marine Corps marksmanship competitions? Um, and what really kind of helped help I don't want to say trigger, but helped guide you uh toward coming out to the Mick Mix.
0: Yeah, it just kind of goes back to that 2016 and uh or 2015 time frame somewhere around there. Um and and finally being able to get on the the actual mic mic and and get out there and shoot. Um yeah, it was it was a blast and that's what that's what uh kind of lit the fire for me, so I didn't I didn't actually compete again until about April. Uh that's when I cuz I, I was expecting nobody would compete in the winter time cuz it's cold and everything. Um but yeah, so that's when I started competing on my own in, in my off time. Hell yeah
1: um separate question can you describe like the local circuit of matches that you participate uh in in your area but also the virginia area
0: yeah absolutely um it kind of seems like all the different uh match directors kind of coordinate so it's almost like every single weekend there was a match there i I would shoot out at um associate gun clubs in maryland here in i think it's in marriott'sville i shot at anne arundel county fishing game shot shadow hawk thermont all the way down to fredericksburg and and up to quantic or i guess down to quantico um, so it was almost like there's, I think there's a two month period where I was shooting at least one match, sometimes even two matches every single week. So it was just like nonstop, which is really good practice, but yeah, oh. it was a lot of fun.
2: Pretty um, expensive too. <laughs> I, I have a question with that. Um, all right. So minus Quantico, because I've shot many of Quantico's and I think they're high quality matches and they've done things from two gun, three gun USPSA PRS 22 PRS. They have the whole gamut there at Quantico. Um, now up there in maryland and i've shot at a couple of different places but which places did you find most interesting and most well organized and uh the best matches to go to there in maryland
0: oh it's definitely a toss-up between shadowhawk and well that's a uh, west virginia shadowhawk and the Thermot. those are the probably the two most quality quality matches i've shot at agc a bunch and uh up until this this past weekend they've been pretty good but their uh, their bays are a little bit smaller, so they're kind of limited. And mm-hmm. Thermont just has, you know, they have their all that land out there. So those are probably the two best that I would recommend other people to go to. They're really challenging, so it's definitely a lot more challenging than like an, a typical level one match, but still pretty doable.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um. We're specifically talking about Thermont USPSA, uh, not their yeah offering, which Matt uh, and I this uh, last week. Thank
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm not trying to talk shit on any match, but whenever you're dictating moving from one box to the next, you're not have any kind of match flow. Like I like to use like what Jason Byerly says. And like whenever he puts the stage together, it's kind of like a dance. There's gotta be some kind of flow to it. You know, there's gotta be some kind of reason behind doing what you're doing. And I'm sorry to say, but Thermont did not hit the mark, in, you know, anytime I've been there. Um, it just doesn't seem to get better.
1: We're I specifically just, so we shot two gun on Saturday, Andrew. Yes, um, yes. So, what appeals to me about practical shooting is that well-designed stages are like puzzles that you have to solve with shooting, and while being at yeah. um, stage, bad stage design constrains your uh, your options and forces you to shoot in a very uh, in, in a very regimented way. Um, everyone's doing the same stage plan. That's not necessarily good. Um, I know we we've been talking about this topic, but what's the furthest you drive for a local match, Andrew?
0: Uh, I think the furthest I've driven is two hours. So, uh, Shadowhawk is is the furthest one from my place, but it's still not bad. It's about hour forty five to two hours with traffic, so it's not terrible.
2: It's really so, pretty. Shadowhawk. Yeah,
0: it is. It is.
2: So I would challenge you to check out some of the matches up in pa because they're not that far uh you you know two hours away i'm sure you could get up to york in about that amount of time yeah um, I, ha-
0: I have looked into them i think they
2: one of their matches conflicts
0: with a different one that i can't remember off the top of my head but uh just the the date the i think they're like the second maybe second or third sunday of the month so so
2: so che- so here's three different clubs that you could check into uh and they do three gun i'm not so much so sure about uh two gun but topton york and antolani like i've shot all their three guns there and all of them are pretty uh pretty good quality matches and really good people up there like and, and i say this about a lot of the shooting sports crowds like i have a minnesota crew i have a pennsylvania crew and i have a, a north carolina crew and all three crews are great um and and Pennsylvania just has an amazing crew. You know, you have Jeremy Gresham who, who works at IWI. You got George Dorbert, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Um, Ian Norris, you know, somebody who I serve within the Marines, just overall really good guy and a really top-level competitor that's going to, you know, help push you and help you. Uh, so North- Pennsylvania has a good group of people. Andy Snyder's another, another one of them. I mean, I, I could just go list name after name, but um, – you know, check some of those matches out up there. I'm not trying to discredit anything from Maryland, but you know, I'm going to be honest. I, I Maryland doesn't impress me as far as good matches in in, in the multi gun facet.
0: Yeah, and actually, you guys kind of brought up a good point with the Shadowhawk match that I shot uh, two weeks ago. It was a two gun match, and uh, I shot it with uh, with Captain Levy actually, and we we were realizing that every single stage was basically. Uh, start with pistol run the stage and then go back to the start and, and do the exact same stage with a rifle just obviously different targets so i mean yep. as cool as my first two-gun match so it was good exposure to that but uh i, I guess from the the lens of a more experienced shooter that's kind of like all right well there's not a lot of creativity in that but there's yeah, a fun.
2: reason i don't go back to Shadow Hawk for two-gun or three-gun
1: <laughs> um... noted <laughs> The point to take away from all this is if you're a Marine station in Fort Meade or Quantico, there are places for you to shoot every single weekend. And the longest drive that you'd have to make, not necessarily anyone's forcing you to make that long of a drive is about two hours. Um, But you could theoretically shoot every single weekend if you wanted to. Is that correct, Andrew?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. For sure. You just got to be driving, you know?
1: (laughs) Um, Lejeune's got similar situation but you got to drive a little further to get to good matches like your longest drive is about three hours um but anyway ncr you just shot it can you describe your preparations uh how did you feel going into the event and what was your strategy
0: yeah sure um preparations i i didn't really do anything specific to the make make i kind of treated it like a normal you know dry fire throughout the week kind of deal um just working on the, the things that I know need to work on, like transitions, entries, exits, reloads, and drawing on the move. Um, I I noticed after a while of dry firing that I would just kind of draw static and not, not moving anywhere. And then you get to the range, and it's like the first thing you got to do is get into a shooting area or what have you. So I, I tried to practice that a little bit. Um, so nothing really specifically different. Uh, I felt pretty confident about at least just USPSA, because that's primarily what I've been doing for the past, 8 months or so. Uh so I, I felt pretty confident about it. Um I know my PRS and and action rifle is a little uh new, so I was a little bit less confident about that, but uh I think the instruction definitely helped out with clearing up some of the um, clearing up some of the issues that I had with it last year. Um And I, as far as strategy is concerned, I I just I didn't really adjust it from any typical match that I usually shoot. I just kind of went in there and I was expecting to shoot the same way as I normally do, which ultimately ended up kind of, kind of screwing me up a little bit. So.
1: Yeah. Um, So you didn't do as well as you wanted to. Um, Correct. But I mean, we, I wasn't necessarily looking for someone in the metal bracket uh, to bring on, to talk about NCR. Uh, The reason I chose Andrew is because he is at local matches every single weekend. He's consistent. He cares about getting better. Um, And I would say, honestly, given how much time and energy you've been putting into it, you underperformed at NCR. And just looking, and this is a note for any Marine that is looking to shoot a mik and Matt, you've run a lot of these yourselves. Um, If you were looking to get in the middle bracket, if you shoot a clean match, you have a pretty good chance. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. Would you say, like, they forced you guys to take some pretty hard shots? Um, I think a lot of Marines pushed back. They, they out- focused on speed. They sacrificed accuracy. They hit a lot of mics and those shoots. And it is hard to stay in the middle bracket. Another, another part of that is like the way points work in these matches. There's not a lot of points available, right? There's maybe four sta- stages possible out of pistol. So your mistakes are going to hurt a lot more. That's why it's better to shoot a little conservatively. Now I'd say there's two approaches if you're trying to win the whole thing like if you're trying to take top top gold you got to keep pace with the shooting team guys and they're not shooting super conservative like they're they're going to be pretty aggressive and you got to be up there with them it just you know decreases your margin for error um but in general metal bracket shoot clean um so is that would you say that's accurate looking back on the way you shot ncr and also the way you saw other marines approach ncr
0: oh yeah absolutely i yeah for, first stage off the bat was uh was stage three so it was uh the first base upside down to Reno. first first stage of the day and i got a, i got a uh mike no shoot so that definitely hurt a lot and then kind of kind of got in my head a little bit about it so i was like okay i gotta you know try to make up for that in the next one and i, I probably just hit the gas a little too hard and got i think i got another mic or something I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was but uh yeah definitely if i had shot a little bit more conservatively i think i would have been closer i mean i was still really close i think out of well, it was like 77 non-distinguished Marines. I was like 12th or something. So I was very close. You know, I did a lot better than I did last year, but um, th- those few little mistakes definitely hurt a lot. So I tell you yeah. what, man, you know,
2: whenever I did my very first mic mic back in 2000, what was it? 2019. I think that was my first mic'mic that I ever did. Um, I like all the way up into my last stage. I was, I was, for pistol i was in eighth place got to my last stage and i just gripped the gun a little bit differently than what i did and did i didn't you know during the whole stage i didn't realize what i was doing wrong but i basically sent my pistol into bolt action mode locking the slide to the rear every single shot and it just completely ruined my game so it's like you know one little change can throw you off, can throw you out of the metal bracket. And instead of finishing eighth place um, overall, I finished 29th and it's gut wrenching. Yeah. But I mean, you learn from those little things it, in order to kind of apply it for the, for the next time around. And ultimately it makes you better. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. It, uh, you shouldn't shoot scared, but just understand how, how rough it is to incur penalties in such a consult in such a it's such a small match format i watched sam nelson ping one no shoot at um mcmick east back in 2021 and as soon as i saw that i was like i think he just took himself out of the middle bracket it's that's it's better it's better to be careful um give yourself a fighting chance um how would you compare would you have you noticed a lot of improvements from the from your mcmick last year and the mcmick this year
0: oh yeah absolutely last year uh i had no no idea what action shooting was like and never done it before um so i just tried to learn as much as i could um and i was like i think bottom 50 percent so <laughs> going from that to 12th to of 77 overall of non-distinguished shooters i think that's
2: that's
1: huge no,
0: that's, huge that's,
2: huge improvement yeah. that's awesome man
0: huge yeah.
1: improvement and also within context that Matt, do you agree that NCR and Mic Mic East are probably the two most competitive Mic Mics?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, and, you know, we'll kind of talk about this for a second here. Um, Before, the shooting team was only allowed to compete at one Mic Mic, and that was typically, well, in the old days, it was East. And, and then recently, after NCR kind of took over for East for a short period there, you know, NCR was the toughest match because only shooting team guys were there. So, you know your chance of getting a medal were slim to none. Um, now that we've kind of spread it out, it, you know, it's there's it, there, the, the ability to medals a bit easier, but I mean, geez, the quality of people that you have competing at, at NCR it, it's, it's unreal. I mean, because you have Quantico shooting club there that major Tim Hitchcock puts on and, you know, People are just constantly getting better and better and better because they're going out and shooting more and more and more, which is kind of what we want to see.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And
2: a lot of the a lot of dudes
0: that were in the metal bracket this year, like, consistently shoot with the with the team, like in their off time too. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, having that exposure to those guys and the coaching at different matches definitely helps them out.
1: And the the medalists from NCR at East, they usually comprise the metal bracket up at championships too. Like, oh, they, okay, they just you know they're also not dealing with jet lag and a bunch of other stuff but it's also like those those just tend to be the most competitive mic so the fact that you barely missed the meddling bracket in a very competitive mic like you're still a good shooter andrew um I appreciate just, it <laughs> you go back and you gotta fine tune some of those things um yeah i wish i talked to you before you, you shot that <laughs> match man um, yeah it's all good it's all good we learn, right and you're still yep. you still went out and uh, enjoyed yourself and you brought your marines out which is which is what matters um is there anything that you would have changed about the way you approached your practice days?
0: uh yeah i think i just just would have taken it like a take a take it a notch back you know kind of be a little bit more cautious about it um there were a few stages where i thought i was like not quite game of the game, but being like more clever in my stage design. And, uh, after talking with, uh, Ariana, like he, he explained it pretty well for his stage specifically. There was, uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure you remember the, uh, I think set 4.
1: Yeah. 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 The, so, sweep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So where those, the target or the target array of three was, I, I actually took that far target on the right. And I thought that would like save me time, but he explained it. And it was like, he was like, well, you basically created an additional shooting position there because I watched my video and I actually stopped engaged that far target and then ran through the three relatively quickly, but it was just enough to add a little bit more time than, than some of the other guys that went to that last shooting position and engaged that target there. So just would have taken a little bit, uh, a little bit more cautiously and then it with the, with the pistol stuff too. Nice. Yeah. I'm also, I'm also used to shooting like a super heavy, x5 legion uh and then you know 147 (laughs) grain ammo so going down to m18 with 124 grain it was definitely a a big change oh yeah
2: yeah (laughs) yeah so um what would you say that you took away um and that you're going to be applying to your dry fire and live fire practices moving forward
0: um I think probably just uh changing up the a little bit of the way that I drive fire and having a, a little bit more of a regimented approach instead of just like oh I'm going to do reloads for 5 minutes. Like oh, I think I'm going to take like no shit notes and like say like for 10 minutes I'll do this, 10 minutes I'll do that. Um and then specifically honing in on the skills kind of breaking them down. Um I was doing that a little bit on the on the sidelines and it was helping out uh getting the gun out quicker. You know, sights on target all that kind of stuff, so
2: now, do you have any dry fire books or uh, targets at your house? Uh, I don't yet.
0: Uh, I found uh, actually Cardenas showed me a, a pretty sweet video that you just throw up on the computer and you know it does the whole standby beep and all that kind of stuff. So I've been using that, that pretty, pretty often.
1: Is that what you guys were all doing in the downrange club? Like after yeah, like,
0: like, <laughs> there's like yeah five of us in there dry firing the TV. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: that's cool. Oh, that's yeah. a, that's a different approach. All right. oh, I mean, oh, I guess what I'm getting at, like so, very cool. You know, Ben Steger has like some really good books out. Dry fire reloaded. Um, you know, all any one of his books are just absolutely amazing and you're gonna learn something every time you pick it up. And it can help you get more of a tailored approach to your dry fire training if that's something that you you look to do, you know, setting up dry fire targets in different arrays and doing different drills just to to aid in your your process. Yeah, for sure.
0: And yeah, there's definitely things I know to get to work on, like transitions. That was something I noticed in in watching the videos, like, and after Cardenas' stage or practice day stages where he had us actually working on transitions, uh, definitely noticed there was some some work to be done in that area. So it'd be cool to see what Ben Stager has to offer for that.
1: Yeah, those are good books. And they're also books that you'll if you you stick with practical shooting, you'll continually go back to them um, even as you you, like after so many years you got to go back and some things that you might have forgotten or you need a refresher on. Um, how would you say the make make is different from like your average local match?
0: Um, so the conduct of the matches are, are pretty similar just cause I mean, they derive the rules from the shooting sports. So, uh, outside of that, uh, I think what makes it a little bit different is the, the degree of skill with the shooters that are all out there. Cause, uh, I mean, there was one dude out there that had never shot a pistol before, let alone competed. And by the end of the two weeks, like he, he looked like he, you know, was a lot more comfortable shooting the, the handgun uh, than, than from day one. Um, I guess the biggest, the biggest difference is, is we're allowed to dry fire on the sidelines, you know, typical USPA match. Can't do that outside of a safe area, you know. Um, yeah. Those, those are probably the two biggest difference. just the, the level of skill. Cause I mean, there were some dudes out there that were, like super, super experienced. And then there's that one of the, that one Marine that I talked to that had never shot a pistol before. So out of out of you know USPSA match, typically a lot of people there have a decent amount of experience.
1: So yeah. Would you would you say that the Mick Mick is a good venue for a person that hasn't shot a pistol before? Oh I absolutely. Mean, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, for sure. Especially yeah. the way that they did the pistol uh what training this year. They took it back to the basics, which was awesome because there were some of the dudes out there that, like I said, I'd never shot before. And then the dudes that had me included, I was like, wow, my basic fundamentals are, are pretty trash. Now that I shoot, you know, action st- stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of funny because I, I didn't think that those skills would atrophy those as much as they did.
1: Yeah. Something, sometimes you end up doing things that end up glossing over uh, the fundamentals. So for example, um, very simple thing I was doing that I figured out when I went to Ben Staker's class was that I was dry firing every single trigger press in my CZ Shadow and double action, and what that was doing was forcing me to overcompensate with my with my trigger finger, and I was jerking, I was seeing a little downwards dot movement that I was then having to wait for to stabilize or take my follow on shots. It was making me slower because I was I was just adding time to compensate for mechanical inefficiency. But he found yeah. that. You found that like right away. So it's it's good to um it's good to go back to Ben Steger's like literature, or any other dry fire book, like Steve, like Steve Anderson and a few others do dry fire books too, but also take a class once in a while because an instructor or someone who's like watched shooters for a long time and like the Marine Corps shooting team, um, those guys like they're very well versed in watching shooters and diagnosing issues. Uh, Cardi once in a while will come up to me and just point out something. It's like, hey, you're doing this, you're staring at the dot. I'm Like, yeah i mean you're
0: right so it's, it's very helpful that
2: way so, yeah absolutely yeah so let's uh you we kind of already talked about you being up at fort Meade and everything and we know what traffic in the dc area is like um <laughs> it's it's miserable um oh I'm yeah quickly learning what 66 is like compared to 95 and they both suck uh so <laughs> uh speaking to traffic commuting all that kind of stuff uh did you commute to Quantico every day from Fort Meade or did you guys stay down there at the barracks
0: uh, yeah we stayed at the barracks there were a few nights where I went home just to uh, just be away from people I guess you know get, get some of my privacy back but it was you know every couple every couple days it wasn't every day I, I was not trying to make an hour and a half drive uh every morning and then a three-hour drive home so <laughs> yeah
2: I gotta ask how many guys did you have from Fort Meade there at the Mechbeck?
0: So on the command sponsor team, we had six total. Um, and then uh, one of the Marines from my section was was uh was with me. So we just carpooled the days that I'd come back. Okay. The other, I think all the other guys stayed in the in the barracks down there up So nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it makes sense. Um if you're if you're gonna go be down there for two weeks, then might as well commit to it. Um, there's no point in commuting back and forth. Uh, yeah, I just no. to, I just remember to follow on a not a question, but a comment. Um, I asked you whether or not you thought that the Mick Mick was a good venue for a beginner. There's a I think I think there's a pervasive sentiment that competition means that you've already got your shit figured out and you're just going to like try to stomp everybody. That's not the case. Um, there's a lot of things that new shooters can learn from the Mick mixix. And in fact, I think it's it's good. That new shooters go to the make mix, mix um like half of it i, I honestly like the competition is a bit of the cherry on the top if you medal you medal but most of it is the instruction and the lessons that you learn from those instructors um yeah absolutely putting, putting that out there because a lot of the a lot of like, i'll tell marines about competition and they'll be like oh i'm not ready for that And like you're not it's going to be the fastest way for you to learn
0: yeah, exactly, and I've I've tried to get so many people into it, and they're like, "Oh, I'm not good enough. Uh, you know, I, I haven't taken enough classes. Um, I don't think I'll do well." Those are like the three, you know, biggest things. But I mean, I I went to the Mick Mick last year without ever having competed. You know, I was always shooting indoor ranges, and you you really can't get anything close to that in an indoor range. So, um, no, yeah, okay. it's it's a the perfect venue for people to get into competition shooting, and I think that's probably one of the biggest driving forces for the you know, the purpose of the Mic Mix is to get people out there shooting and, and get them introduced to the world of competitive shooting. So.
1: Yeah, man, couldn't agree more. Um, I want to talk about the night match. So this Mic Mix was the first iteration of a night match in the middle of a Marine Corps march competition. Can you describe the format of that match, the equipment that you were given? Um, and then just talk about how it went. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh it kinda of reminded me of like the tables, whatever night tables you do like annually. Uh camera yes, yeah, three through six. Um kind of reminded me of that. Uh at first when they when they mentioned night match, I thought it was going to be like basically like a regular, you know, multi-gun stage, but at night, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be interesting for all those guys that have never shot a competition, let alone shoot it under nods, you know. Uh so we, yeah, they they gave us uh, PEC 15s and and um mvgs for the night uh gave us a a class on how to get everything set up get everything zeroed actually German was out there he gave a a really cool uh primer about parallel zeroing and uh convert or sorry parallel zero yeah parallel zero
1: zeros yeah, the, yeah. the laser yeah
0: yeah so he he kind of broke that down which is kind of neat because I I mean they in MCT and and every year when you do three through six they just kind of they like yeah. slap it on they're like all right go shoot and then you know that's about it. But this was a little bit more, um, yeah, a little bit more technical. And then uh, they, yes, yeah, so they give a class on how to set everything up, make sure everything worked for you. Um, and then they ran through the stages, showed us what targets we'd be shooting at, distances, um, uh, the target order, I believe, too. And then, uh, yeah, we just started started shooting, and it was a lot of fun. It was it was a lot better than the typical night matches that we do or night shooting that we do.
1: So they did that on the Saturday in between the weeks, uh, like right after instruction before you guys went into competition. It was the same Saturday you guys did ARQ, right?
0: It was, yeah. And it actually wasn't even that late of a night. I thought we were going to get out of there like 2 o'clock in the morning. but I think we were out by probably like 10 o'clock or something. So it was pretty nice.
1: Well, It also helps that it's getting dark later. Like, yeah, yeah sure. apps, the the last thing you want to do is run it during the summer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, waiting for darkness forever. But in the winter, uh, you're a little cold, but you're going to get it done faster. So, cool. Yeah, it sounds like it was fun.
2: Yeah, it was it was a good time. Yep. So, uh, are you going to be up there at Fort Meade for much longer?
0: No, I actually I'm PCSing down in uh or in January I'll be going down to Fort Gordon, Augusta, Augusta, Georgia. Uh, I'll be an MOS instructor down there. So mm-hmm. I'll be
2: leaving in January. Okay. Sometime, probably middle time, middle, middle of the month. So I don't know exactly where Augusta, Georgia is uh, compared to like Atlanta and places like that. But I know Georgia has a really good crew um, of competitive shooters and, you know, good matches down there, uh, specifically around the Atlanta area. Uh, so I would start looking in, into those areas. Um, East Alabama Gun Club is another place uh, that there's just a, a load of pretty decent matches, multi-gun USPSA, good crowds there. Um, you know, one of, one of my guys on the double star shooting team, he, he lives down in that area. Um, you know, good people, good crowd, good matches. So um, have you started looking at matches down in that area to, to attend?
0: Yeah, I checked out practice score and there seems to be quite a bit. Uh, it looks like the drives are going to be a little bit longer in some cases, um, but it should be pretty good. There's uh, there's some pretty close to Augusta. There's some over in uh, Augusta's like right on the South Carolina border. So there's some in South Carolina that'll be able to go to. Uh, I think all the way down to like Savannah, somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, so it definitely looks like a, a pretty decent amount. And I was talking to Raider too, and because he was out in Fort Benning, I think he said he was Fort Benning. Uh, he said there's a lot of good stuff out there too. So we'll potentially make the drive out there and see what they got. I think that's yeah. like about four hours though. So we'll see.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I got two very good friends. One lives in the Atlanta area thereabouts. And the other one lives in like near Savannah. Um, both are three gunners. I don't know if you want to get into three gun and all that kind of stuff, but top quality people, you know uh, you'll have a good time. Jeremy Swafford, He's a chef and he's a three gunner. So you know oh, nice. he'll feed you well uh and then james oliver like big solid dude freaking been in the three gun game you know probably 10 12 years or so been a long time he's been in the game so you know good people to kind of help guide you awesome yeah i'll uh, definitely be keeping an eye out for him
1: Is Swaffer the architect of the bologna sandwich
2: yes the fried bologna sandwich with the egg (laughs) yes
1: (laughs) okay I've heard nothing but legends. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, hey, we appreciate your time, Andrew, for coming on and talking about the first Mic Mic for this upcoming season. Um, but I'll turn it over to you, man. Anything you want to say to the audience in terms of practical shooting, wrinkle marksmanship competitions, uh floor is yours.
0: Yeah, just uh, just get out there and do it. The, the best way to get into it is to just jump in. I never shot a, a match before, and last year was the first one, and then from April to April to June, I was shooting like two matches a week. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a awesome, awesome time. It gets a little expensive. Um, that's, that's why I jumped into USPSA first. Cause barrier ventures a little bit, a little bit less costly than some of the other guys or, or, uh, disciplines. So, uh, it's definitely a lot of fun though. Gives you a good excuse to get outside?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you don't have much longer in the area, but like, Let's keep shooting matches together. I've enjoyed having you on my squad. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You do, you've come, you've come a long way, um, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch with you after you uh, leave for Georgia because my my in laws live down in Florida, and I might head down that way a few times for some major matches. Um, yeah, I think
0: you mentioned the Florida State one in January. So I'll be yeah. mid PCS during that, but I might be able to make something happen. So we'll see.
1: Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. For our audience, uh, let us know how we're doing and uh, appreciate you listening to this episode. Thanks all.